Hey, what's up, people? Jason DeBeas. This is Rob McLean. This episode of Sports Debate Tuesday is brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball, brought to you by NY Varsity Sports, and brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. Come play with us. Episode 6 starts now. Miranda, where are you? <laughs> All right, let's do it again. <laughs> All right, I did it. <laughs> we just had to get through the beginning of that. That's What's all. up, people? We are back. This is Sports Debate Debate Tuesday. We are recording live, all right? You guys have any, have any questions or any comments? Just just queue in on Instagram Live, Facebook Live. Rob's got his phone with me. And right now, we're on Facebook Live. Uh, once again, I'm Jason DeBeas. This is Rob. Keep it McLean. McLean got a lot of camera on him. Got a good backdrop. That is how he's feeling if you look behind him. Um, for, before we start, I wanted to give a, a special shout out to everybody that, that showed their emotional support in my, um, my, um, my, one of my lowest moments. As some of you already know, my father passed away five o'clock in the morning, um, over the weekend. And, um, I didn't have a chance to get back to everybody. So it's not like me to post on, post on social network, um, that my dad died, but because I couldn't get back to everybody, um, that was my way of just saying thank you, and I really, really appreciate it. My phone blew up, man, in a good way, and mad support. And listen, I am a gentleman, all right? Um, you have someone hold the door for uh, uh, somebody, right? You have a, the guy hold the chair so the girl's sitting down. You have someone that says, sir and ma'am. Um, you have someone helping an old lady across the street. Old school virtue, old school brother. That If you see any of that in me, that's my father. Every, um, a guy, an iron worker that worked from six in the morning to six at night, four days a week, and then started his own business for iron work um, Friday and Saturday. He, um, I was 14 years old. That was my first job. I was an iron worker doing um, cutting steel, learn how to read blueprints. And that was a quality time that I spent with my stepfather, who I call my my father because my biological didn't bother. So love all of y'all, and let's get this going. We're going to start with the um, the NBA first, right? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Lakers. Lakers beat up on the Pelicans. Uh, not beat up, but, you know, just beat them. 122-114, second head-to-head matchup. Uh, did, did this game show more about LeBron? LeBron's longevity or Zion's rise? All right, Rob McLean. I think it showed more about um, LeBron. Uh, uh, um, no, whoa. It showed more about um, Zion's rise. Mm. Zion, in a matter of 15 or 16 games, has hit the world, hit the NBA world, not just just the league, but the basketball world by storm. Um, he comes into the league. And in this short amount of time, he, uh, people are making arguments that he deserves rookie, rookie over the year over, over Ja, which we still maintain. Ja, listen, no, not a no, chance. No, I don't. I don't that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I would like to see be one of these people to be like, oh, I saw this coming all along. But um, to the degree of that, I did because my my wife's parents are um, went to Duke Law School. The Duke fans, which makes me Duke basketball fans. So I got to see this man this short time uh, do do some things where everybody's like, this guy's going to already come in as a big body. You know what I'm saying? Some of that baby fat's going to be turned to muscle. Mm-hmm. And he's going to bully. People were saying he's going to bully people right away. You know, so there were people that co-signed with me on that. And we got a chance to see that, particularly against good competition. Right. We knew he'd help the Pelicans win. We knew that he already had good surroundings, particularly Duke alum like J.J. Redick, like. 
like um, Ingram. I mean, yeah. all we got to do is get Jason Tatum from the Celtics and just call it a wash. Oh, uh, um, so it's one of those things where we knew he could do it on a high level, but 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 the question was, how well can he do it against the elite players? I bring mm. you LeBron James. Both both games he played against the Pelicans. The first one he played okay. He played like it like an NBA professional. This last match, Rob McLean, he played like a superstar. 35 points on 12 of 16 mm-hmm. shooting. Talk mm-hmm. about more wood, less. And the reason why I pick Zion over over uh, LeBron's longevity is because LeBron, in this world of science and good conditioning, uh, um, to go with his mental approach to the game and his dedicated, um, the way he physically and psychologically dedicates himself to the game, we already knew he was in it for the long game. He says he only wants to play three or four years. I think he could play probably 10, but he, I mean, people think about their legacy. And with that being said, the floor is yours, but me, make mine Zion. Yeah, man. So for me, yeah, we're going to start this off with debate. It's definitely about LeBron's longevity, uh, just because, yeah, you gave out Zion's numbers, but, you know, LeBron's doing it the right way. He's scoring 34 easily, you know. Uh, he's, he's putting up 12 and 13, you know. That's what his team needs. He's a point He's a point forward. He's a point guard now, you know. And the the best reason that the Lakers are great is you have to make a decision between Anthony Davis and LeBron. You know, everybody else is, is, is part of the – Part of the uh, part of the game, but for those two, it's just they're gonna do that every time, just like they're gonna dump it down to Zion every time. Uh, for me, the thing is, is Zion's points, Zion's uh, offense is based on getting to the ba- getting to the paint, you know, being able to dominate in the paint. But if you actually watch him when he went against Dwight Howard, another big body dude, it was neutralized where he had to do some skillful things and. For me, I think that at this stage of his career, he is great, but there's a way to guard him a certain way, especially when it comes to the playoff times, when the paint packs in and they're not getting such easy buckets. You know, I just feel that Zion's game is going to have to be nurtured a bit. LeBron kind of came in, took that Celtics Cavaliers team to fucking you know to all the way to the to to the ship just because it was a, a good. He's a good player. He played the game in a different way. He, he ran up and down, played both sides all the time. For me, Zion, I mean, he's not locking down his guy and more. You know, he's doing some great things with rebounding, doing some great things with putting balls back. But, yeah, I have to say LeBron's longevity. The other thing is, though, LeBron started to look tired last night. LeBron started to look tired, yeah. you know, on, on on Sunday. So yeah, he I think he um he well he played a, a game the night before, um the opponent escapes me, but I knew he was mindful that he had to play the Pelicans again, and even mm-hmm. even with a, a little bit of a quasi arrest, he still was tired. So right, yeah, yeah, it's uh it's it's tough, man. So a seven game series, it would be interesting to see what happens. You know, it's a lot of length, a lot of a lot of youth on that team, so. Well, I guess that begs the other question, which is not part of our true and false. So I'll just ask it now. Do, does um. Pelicans right now in the 10th spot. What are the yeah. chances between now and then they make it to the 8th? If Zion stays healthy, I just think that eventually that team's going to start coming around to be like, we got this guy who's going to put up 35 a game. You know, like we just got to step in and not go under 50% on our shots. Like take take the easy buckets. You know, yeah. when he's down low and there's one guy down there, shoot the ball. 
but you know what I like about this guy? Yeah. I like it. What I like is that he's respectful. Okay, he got respect for his mm-hmm. elders, but he ain't up there. He ain't on that court look, looking up to people Mm-mm. and just trying to take a, t- a ton of wisdom from everybody. Mm-mm. You know, and for me, when LeBron James, like when he, you know how they had these little talks after the end, yeah. and that always looks like you know, like grabs them, they grab each they other like and they do homies, this whole whisper be, thing. Yeah. No, so the mics don't pick it up or yeah. whatever, and this and that. You know, LeBron's trying to give him a ton of advice, and I'm gonna show you this clip because it's crazy. Yeah, I remember watching. He, too. He, look at this he's just he, like what's did up? he look like he was trying to hear that yeah he's just like you got something to say to me you just beat me so <laughs> let's go uh <laughs> but I, that that's the thing i like about this guy is his competitive nature yeah. doesn't allow him yeah. to, to i mean listen he's he's not disrespectful in this in this mm. whatever because this is a whole video clip but that's the shot i wanted to keep um he's not disrespectful in that in that regard but he um he when you just lost it's true you see Kobe, you see Jordan, you see all those guys that have this killer instinct and this that Mamba mentality, which we he hasn't shown yet, but he 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 he, he it's in him. Yeah, that fire is in his belly, yeah. and I like that he he listened to LeBron and, and the whole time he's listening, he's not he's not like oh I'm coming up. He's like next time I see you, I'm gonna beat you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. 35, mm-hmm. 12 for sixteen wasn't good enough, mate. Let's see what happens beyond that. So. I mean, it was yeah. a tight game, too, so it's not like they can't. So, it, yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah, well, listen, this ain't one of these things where I'm actually going to debate heavily about it because bo- both both are correct. It was just who's who who's the more so. I'm leaning towards Zion. You, you lean Definitely towards, LeBron, but you lean towards I, I'm LeBron. still thinking that if they need to use him that much during the season, you know, how much he's going to have left for the postseason. Yep. You know, because it, it's another level, and then – you just finish a season, you know. Well, I think if they get the one seed, they just they might lock it down early. I mean, he's not exactly the kind it's of the guy West, that plays man. 82 games um, it's every the West. year. It's right? the West. How many times has LeBron played, played 82 games uh, in his whole career? I know. Three, and he's three only missed what, like four or five games this year? Yeah, three times. Yeah. And last year, man, I mean, I don't know. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think he, he played a lot. Dude. A lot. I think he played all 82, yeah. you know. And I want to do comparisons like Jordan played 82 games like 13 times, I think. Uh, some crazy, insane number. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Carl Malone, you know, those guys, that, that's a whole different whatever. Yeah. But, but look, we're going to jump off of basketball now. It's my turn. I'm going to pose the question to you, Mr. McLean. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to the NFL and the team we love the most. I can't stand. I'm so glad there's turmoil again. <laughs> Chaos Cowboys. Now, we didn't even mention their name and people listen and already know. Yeah. <laughs> they already know. You're like, ah, we got to talk about these guys again. And I'm going to talk about them for the reason I'm about to say now. Okay. Listen, NFL, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboy has a ton of fo- positive feedback and respect publicly by his teammates in terms of getting along with um, with each other and the relationships on and off the field. Um, Dak has in turn attributed some of this to being biracial. So Rob, McLean, does being biracial have an advantage in athletics? Um, I absolutely think so. Um, in, in the sense of, in, in two ways. So uh, inclusivity, you know, as a, uh, it's funny, I was talking to my girlfriend about this is that when when she, she she was saying that she walked into a room of biracial people and it was a very different feel because you know everybody's getting along and there wasn't ever like a like a feeling like do it do I belong here or do I not belong here because just being like a minority like looked at it as a minority because I'm half and half I have Irish and half African American a little bit of uh, Indian in me okay uh, American Indian and then. So like, uh, there's no, I don't really lie anywhere, but 
I, I've always known as like, you know, the darkest person in a white community or the lightest person in a black community, right? So there's always the minority feel. So when you're never like, there's either one group you hang out with or one group you don't hang out with. Right. And you don't really want that because you could hang out with either group, you know? So just being in sports where everything is kind of like, you know, there is no race in sports. There's just, you know, teammates. You know what I mean? You're kind of used to that. the way it should be, right? That's what I mean. Like, you're kind of waiting for that as a, as a biracial person because you never really fit in anywhere. But then in sports, everybody fits in. So let's say somebody who is white in a white community, that's it, to, to go into a, a, an area where you might have teammates that are not white, that can affect you. Right. Right? But if you're going to a place where maybe you've always been affected by not having people normally that are that look like you because everybody else is supposed to be around the people who they look like. Right. Maybe that's, uh, you're waiting for something like sports or you always go back to something like sports because there's that community feel. There's that you always are able are able to like yeah just be involved you know so i absolutely feel it's like it's an advantage in sports um and then even to the the super athlete you know the person who really does well they're gonna feel like you know a minority to the people who are just trying to enjoy sports Mm. you know what i mean so Mm. that's also comforting in that i've been here before like it's not wrong to be feeling different than other people like i want to do more you know i want to be better you know instead of you know joining the crowd and just being another sheep you know you kind of want to stand out you want to be more than other people in a sense yeah. you know yeah. so i definitely think it's a huge advantage and we're all biracial eventually so. i was well i was going to go two routes with this rob mm. um the first route i was going to go just the more fun route for anyone that's seen the movie do the right thing um, Spike Lee joint when it was I think the movie that actually put him on the map um, when Spike Lee's asking the, the the Italian guy who keeps using you know these words Mulanyan and the N word mm-hmm. and this and that he's like who's your favorite um, athlete I said Michael Jordan he said who's your favorite actor he's like Eddie Murphy and he's like who's your favorite singer he's like he, he caught on he's like it's Bruce Bruce Springsteen he says no it's not it's mm-hmm. Michael Jackson mm-hmm. right <laughs> so it's one of those things where people, they, they, they have these prejudices, but at the end of the day, when there's something in a genre that tickles their fancy the right way, it doesn't matter who's doing it, they like it, and, and they don't consider that person black or, 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 or even white, of that matter. And I think um, athletes, athletics, um, or every sports has, has always been the great escapism for people, um, particularly of African-American descent and, and some in particular people, maybe white people who are in an all-black neighborhood. Right. But um, I will highlight you, <clears throat> who's a mulatto. I don't, like the, I don't like the word, but it is what it is. Um, I'm a mulatto. My mother's black. My father's um, Irish and Swedish with a little bit of Cherokee Indian or whatever. So, so I will go another route. I, I grew up in a time period in the neighborhood where um, it was fun and playful to poke fun at race. But at the same time, done to a point where it's hurtful is is inexcusable. I grew up, um, I went to an all-white school. They didn't want to touch me because they thought I was going to dig on a turn black. I went to an all-black black school. They're looking at the color of my skin. We ain't got time to dice up our white people. You're a cracker, you know. Uh, go to a Latino school or whatever that's mixed. I, I hear white nigger. I hear wigger. I hear a zebra. I hear Oreo cookie and people watching as they, they, I mean, they're going to, even they're going to get a little bit of, of a giggle at it and looking back retrospectively. I think I do too. Um, but at the time it hurt. 
It hurt a lot. You have an identity thing and people like you, you know, if you had to choose one or the other, someone gun to your head, which one would you choose? And, and I've never, even, even then I've never wavered. Um, there was definitely a time period where I'm contradicting myself because I identify more being black because I'm in the, I'm in that neighborhood. And it's a, you know, we listen to hip hop music. It's a hip hop culture. Um, you know, we were, we're watching NBA, you know, sports that are, whose audience is predominantly black, like football, basketball. So with that being said, um, Dak, um, getting, I'm getting somewhere with this, I hope. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, being, being a country boy, was able to, to relate to people, you know, and, and, um, rural areas. Being um, African American was able to identify with like Dirty South and trap, you know, trap music stuff like that, and they're able to relate to Black people. So it was, I would call it um, code by convenience because I think his ability to relate to his his con- con- um, contemporaries came from just him being the same age. Mm. They don't identify with Tony Romo because as young as Romo looks, Romo's older than him. Romo's 10, 10, 11, really 10, 10, 11, 12 years older than a lot of That's them, funny right? You say and that. he didn't, you know, and he he can't. I mean, yeah. you could, sometimes you could try to relate, but unless you're either neck deep in it, um, you, then then it's really hard for you to relate. You can't jump out of it and back in like you can mm. unless you're really, really good. And, and some people aren't that good. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not casting any aspersions on Tony. But um, uh, I think. To answer your question, I don't think it has as much to, to, to do with it as people says it is says it does because sports itself. Once you perform and once you have that brotherhood and you're you're emotionally investing in each other and you're playing hard for each other and you leave the you leave the court. Yeah, it's like you're your brothers, your brothers, mm-hmm. and 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 long live sport. God bless sports, particularly the sport we play. We're volleyball players and coaches or whatever. Long live the NFL. Long live. Any any sport where where black white or, or the things that um, people that that are of mixed race that have an that wake you know that grow up having this identity problem mm-hmm. where there's this if not in this uh, pure escapism a meeting of the minds right how's that sound that's just about it cool man next question all right man UFC uh, Israel Anasanya. Puts his undefeated streak and UFC middleweight title on the line against the always dangerous Yoel Romero. Jason, who you got? <sighs> Rob McLean. It's not going to be a debate, is it? I'm going with Yoel Romero. Mm. It's a debate. It's a debate. Is it? Oh, no, I got to no, no, so. wait for your answer. Yeah. Yoel Romero. Is a bad man. My goodness, he starched Chris Weidman, who I thought was coming back after you know uh, shortly before Great after fight, he played him. Um, yeah, I think a, a fight that was one apiece. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw Chris was winning, but that was round three. Now it's one apiece. So let's let's be real. Yeah. Um, beat a very razor close decision against Jacare, who who we know can fight at two hundred five, who in fact is fighting at two hundred five. No, yeah. Um, Faced Rob Whitaker for 10 rounds. And even in the loss, the people who fight him never come out the same. It's like it's like the movie Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. He's like, you know, let me go or I'll drop the stones. They're like, the stones will be found. You won't. You fight Rob Whitaker. <laughs> you know, he'll survive. You won't. Yeah. Um, his last fight against Costa. 
Costa, uh, the undefeated guy who mm-hmm. I, I, everyone thought was supposed to fight Adesanya. Costa won that fight. Yeah. But he got smashed. Yeah, he Rob got hurt. McLean, there is a reason why Yoel Romero is facing Adesanya now and not Costa. Right. Ask me why. Don't even bother. I'm going to tell you why. Because Costa lost years of his life facing the soldier of God, Yoel Romero. My God. Mm-hmm. Now, in the beginning, I picked out Asanya because he's, he is, he's long-reaching. He has slips. And he has, he does, he's done well against wrestlers. And his jiu-jitsu game is untested. But at the end of the day, you need a tank to knock out Romero. And if you don't knock him out, and if he gets that second win like he did the third and fourth round against mm-hmm. Whitaker... That's tough. I don't man. know if Adesanya survives that. Yeah, and, and Israel's been hit before, but I still have Izzy just because he has, you know, the uncanny ability to stand and trade. You know, that's the that's the They're probably the factor. hit more than he gets hit. He does get hit, and that's but where he, but he hits more than he gets hit. He does well. He he connects and in combinations more. You know, but for me, Israel. Um, if he game plans to be aggressive, this could be a bad fight. Do you know what I mean? This could be a real bad fight for Israel Adesanya. Oh, okay. You know? I thought you meant like a bad fight for the but fans. But he also like, picked, no, no, he also picked, you know, Yoel. You know, so he said, I want him. Kind of like, you know, because Costa wasn't available, but he said, I want him. Yeah. And he said, I want to fight him. So he's got to have some sort of game plan. Yeah. And I see his game the plan balls, being the balls executed. On this kid, exactly. Boy. I see that game plan being executed a little bit better than maybe something that Yoel comes up with. Because I've still been wondering, if you're such a good wrestler, why don't you put it on the ground? Do you know what I mean? You got yes. a guy like Khabib showing people how to do it, too. Like, use your wrestling, maul them to the ground, and then, or maul them to the cage, use top flight wrestling to get them to the ground like you should be able to if you're a top flight wrestler right and then use your skills and your ground and pound and be able to you and that's how you utilize that side of the game and then you romero gets up one minute later starts hitting them i would be all on track but i just don't see what those trainers are or what he's doing differently in the gym to not just walk in front of somebody and then be explosive for 45 seconds in one round. That's just not a winning formula for me. I see Adesanya... um, Listen, I picked Romero, but it's the only reason why it's a debate is because both fighters can win. Um, For sure. Adesanya's path, I think, is volume. Uh, Yo Romero uh, does... um, do bad under against volume strikers. If you remember Tim Kennedy, totally. remember um, Tim Kennedy who started hitting him second round, and, and Yoel got saved by the bell. Mm. And there was a stoolgate thing. He took too long to get off the stool, left him enough time to recover, and eventually won that fight. And people don't remember that because they just remember who won. But I remember Tim Kennedy, you know, uh, getting getting you know getting murked, and then put put together like four or five punches, and it looked like he was gonna drop him, and then the bell rang. And it almost looked like the ref stopped the fight, but everybody's like, no, the buzzer, it's the buzzer. But, <laughs> but um, so you picking Israel? Yeah, yeah, I have to. Israel, ladies and gentlemen, Israel re- brings new meaning to the term testicular fortitude. This guy has some B-A-L-L-S, man. He didn't have to pick Romero. Romero lost his last two. People right. who lose their last two fights don't, don't get, get a title shots. Fight. Yeah. But because this man wants to remain active, because you and I talked off the record about him wanting to clean out his division before he considers 
doing other things. Um, Which I don't know. He's just trying to get that ball rolling. Yeah. And to him, the path. To him, his path, I I believe, is Romero, Costa, and then one other fight, and then. Um, well, and then she's talking about Jones. You know, he's trying to fight John Jones. But again, I think that's a, a, a quote unquote legacy fight. I don't like what Jones been doing the last couple fights. I don't yeah. like his volume or what he's been doing with his volume. You know what I mean? It's kind of a been... jerk move to punch down too. Yeah. Right. You 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 walk around to two twenty five. Right. You cut down to two hundred five. You could easily fight heavyweight. So so who do you want your next fight to be? That skinny guy who walks around the one ninety soaking Small. wet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just don't want Good job, Max Jones. Holloway. Yeah. You know situation where it's yeah. like you know you go up like you're a great fighter at a certain level, but when you go up, your your power doesn't translate, and then you just yeah. get starched because and you know you're not gonna be able to do anything in that cage. You know. Max Max wanted that fight anyway because yeah, he, he he'd lost a few years ago to um Poirier mm-hmm. uh, by I believe by submission got mm-hmm. caught in the submission so he he's improved significantly he's like I want to see if I can get this one back nah. and yeah. he had, but he hadn't really had any great fights since then you know yeah. he, he he's he was searching for a great fight against a a better fighter in my opinion at that time like Poirier just puts his stuff together a little better no doubt but uh you know all right so you got Israel yeah man that's all right. Hey, listen, I ain't going to think you need to get drug tested. Ain't nobody getting screwed on this one. But uh, I'm very curious to know what the line is when, you know, when we get off there. Are we supposed to check? Well, maybe we'll check that. Yeah. I was derelict in my duty to not check the line before this. Uh, this is a sports debate podcast, but <laughs> we're in episode six, people. So bear with me, but don't get undressed. All right, Rob, you got question number three. Um, no, 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 no. Are we on no, four no, no. now. I, I got you. I got you on this one because I want you to get this one first. What? Rob McLean, question four. The football combine is in full swing. With the draft around the corner, who impressed you at the combine the most or the list of combines? I mean, I just talk about the big guys. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Giants fan, so we're looking for uh, offensive line help probably in this uh, draft. We're a high draft pick out there. And those guys are easily you know, the first guys picked up because you, you, you just don't come around that often. I mean, you got a guy like uh, Mackey Beck. Uh, how do you say his name? Yeah, Mackey. Uh-uh. Mackey Beckton from uh, Louisville. He wasn't even on the top twenty. Wasn't even in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, and he Jesus. moves up to like number number one offensive lineman because you got a guy moving that big. That's just Larry Allen type. That's listen, That's Larry Allen type. Mackey Beckton. I'm gonna interrupt you because you can keep talking about him, oh, but I want to put this highlight. I'm watch on. this, man. Dude, right there. Here he is. This is Beck Beckton. That's a large man. That is ridiculous, dude. And he doesn't have, like, if you look at his shape, guys like three, 330 have, like, bellies. You know what I mean? He, yes. doesn't, even have, he doesn't even have a belly. He yep. doesn't even have a belly. He's, he's like, it's all, like, there and tight. You know, that's, that means he's going to hit you with 340, 360 pounds. That's, not, that's the guy that impressed you? That's the, the guy. guy, man. Mackie Becton, ladies and gentlemen, out I of mean, Louisville uh, University. Um, and then this guy, 300, I mean, 364 pounds. Three sixty four. Like six two, six three. Yeah, uh, I mean, he looked taller than that, honestly. And then you got this guy, Tristan Wirfs, who's like uh, six. I think it's six two. You six, just took three. my guy. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, man. They, they, they got. That's my. That's who I really want them to pick the, to draft. But three twenty. I think it was three oh six, and the, they said in the comma. But three twenty, like four, you know, four eight six. That's that's. I mean. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm just listing them all because I had this one guy, this guy Claypool, 
this is the guy I really, you know, if we had a chance to, yeah. if we needed a that's wide the, receiver. That's the wide out? The wide receiver, man. Yeah. He ran a 4-4-2 four, four, at 6-5, six, five, six, five. Uh, 238. And then he's he's uh, the only other person to ever do that in the entire draft combine yeah. since 2003, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, well, he, listen, there's, there's 44, a reason. 44 and a half inch vert. It's ridiculous. 6'5". Six, 6'5". Five. Six, five. You need to recruit him. You need, <laughs> dude, you need heck. yourself a front row blocker for beach volleyball. Holy and heck. them skinny, skinny old legs. Boy, let me tell you something. That guy plays some tree trunks. for you, right? He got some tree trunks. Yeah. Well, the thighs are, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, Claypool. Um, there's Claypool, a reason why man. Notre Dame was like, why are they in the top 10? Who the hell do they have that's keeping them yeah. in the top 10 is this dude, man, Claypool. It's funny. They always got yeah. somebody like that. They always they got do. somebody. Yep. Just because like they they don't their offense is just dry. Yep. So Rob, so, who you thing. got, man? I took all your guys. Who Here's you got? the thing. <laughs> Yo, you just did an eight mile, man. You just did an Eminem. Like I know everything he's about to say against yeah. me. I am white. I am a freaking bum. <laughs> That's the best part. I'm gonna just drop the mic. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. So listen, before I even talk about these big guys running like like freaking um, track stars. For those of you listening at home, I'm a fearless guy, all right? I'm ex-military, Gulf War vet, you know, hanging out with the Airborne guys, the Ranger guys. So this this fear factor, I'm not scared of anybody. But the people I was scared of the least, Rob McLean, were big people. Do you want to know why? Because they couldn't catch me. <laughs> I could say all I want. I'm going to be like, come on, let's go. And Damn when they man. had to come after me, they couldn't catch me, even though if they do it. I said, that's a wrap, but... but but with that being said, this guy I'm scared of big guys again, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of big guys again. These dudes can catch me. And you want to talk you. about favorites? One, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight. We're going to talk about Albert um, O. That's Okwe, Okwe Bonam from out of Missouri. He was 250 pounds. He was a tight end. He ran the 449, all right, and the 40. But I want to bring your attention to this dude. This dude, Tristan Worse, offensive lineman mm. out of Iowa. All right, we're going to go to the clip. Sorry I don't have you around, Miranda, but but this <laughs> is for you people. Watch this. Sorry. Mm. Look at that dude go. That is ridiculous, dude. That is Tristan Wirfs. That is 322 pounds. 322 pounds of uh, 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 whoop behind. That dude is just moving. You talked about Becton. Becton was moving really well. Becton's 364. These people with these barrel bodies and these long, ridiculous arms uh, designed to knock defensive ends on their butt um, is continuing to be this, this big evolution. Uh, and I have a feeling next year is probably going to be even, they're, uh, they're gonna, uh, we're going to be even more wowed. Well, I mean, the, the guy Chase Young didn't even, didn't even uh, test at the combine. You know, yeah, he yeah, was he's supposed, like, he's supposed to be the number one pick, you know, number two pick because he's not a quarterback. Mm -hmm. But he's the best overall prospect, and he's supposed to be the twitchiest, you know, most athletic dude out there. I just think, you know, the the way that people are training, you know, the way that, you know, he in and maybe a different time he might have had to have been outside linebacker Chase Young, you know, no uh, Nicky uh, Nick and Joey Bosa. They might have been you know defensive tackle because they weren't quick enough, you yeah. know, and they weren't big and quick enough. It's just like. The game is changing where it's more of like, what do you want to do and go out there and execute? Right. Because you can play any position, you know, you don't have to be that big. You can you can gain all this weight, you know, you can be stronger. Uh, so I just think it's given a lot of people a lot of opportunities the way different trainings are, are going out and that there is training, that there is the ability for pro players to come back and help. So 
Yeah. It's great to see, man. Great it's to good see. to see. Love for, the sport. I personally never use the combine as a gauge for what people can actually do in the field because, as you yeah. know, as an elite athlete yourself, um, and me as a former elite athlete, that you don't, that getting on, like, I consider experience experience. To quote the Avengers, when, um, um, when Loki was offering ex- experience as a service to, um, to Thanos, Thanos was like, if you consider failure experience, he's like, I consider experience experience. So that's me in the sense that if you look to Tom Brady, the combine, I mean, you could have ran backwards on the 40 and beat his time. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you looked at the way his body type looked, you you vertical jump. I don't even think they test in quarterbacks on that. But and then his ability to actually play football. Um, I think the NFL and the, these people who do this for a living have been very mindful of that. But it doesn't mean it ain't fun. <laughs> it doesn't mean that this the, the, these elite things don't somehow trans transfer or translate to how they play the game, right? To to, to hone this the, the this this athleticism and, and, and into the skill set, and and of course that that ruthless aggression that comes with playing in the NFL. You know, I would just say that it matters. It does. You know what I mean, and and I think teams can appreciate it more. And there's yeah. some positions where it matters a bit more. Like you running like that. You're a certain type of an athlete. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, uh, yeah, I just think that I do think people take it too far. You right. know, I say, this is this guy is so good. How could you not? And I say that, like, that's why I'm putting Becton at a certain level on, on the draft. Because yeah. if you have a guy that's like three, most, most offensive linemen are 330 pounds. Defensive yeah. linemen a little bit smaller unless they're defense, interior defensive linemen. This guy is bigger than your guard. And he's on it, moving with feet like a tackle. Like it doesn't even matter. He could be less skilled and be better. Right. Right. So there's certain levels where that is, but that's at the peak of the mountain, the mm-hmm. very best. Uh, everybody else is like a mixture of what's on tape and what's on the combine. So it yeah. helps. It really helps. It does help. But, it does. But it it does. has to be good tape too. Yeah. There's there there's that too. For me, it's 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 difficult because if you look at the NFL right now. Um, so some teams, the winning teams are catching on to something a lot of teams still aren't that are continuing to lose, and it's this, Rob. There comes a time when the world stops rewarding you for potential. Hmm. All right? You got someone that, that, that does the 40, that has the vertical, can throw a ball 60 yards from here to here. Can he play the game? All right? I A couple of years ago, I said this league is turning into the era of the short white guy receiver because those are the ones that are not, they don't have breakaway speed. They're not going to catch and throw and beat you and beat you on the break. You're going to catch up to them, but they're going to be open all the time. Julian Edelman, Wes Welk or whatever. And then it's turned into the time of the tall white guy tight end. These big guys who in the past had butterfingers. If you remember Kyle Brady from the New York Jets couldn't Mm. couldn't catch any, I mean, you you, you could have pitched it. it. He's just, yeah, it's just. All of his hands. So this, the, 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 these tight ends right now, the tall, the, I, I hate to say white guy because it's such a stupid thing to say, but the, like Kittle, mm-hmm. uh, um, Kelsey, Hawkinson. Gronkowski uh, uh, back then. Or Hutchinson um, from the... Yeah, the... have been um, outperforming the people who, who are... Who are Predecessors. Who, yeah, who, who think that their potential is supposed to give them the, the, the contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Des Bryant, I, I desperately want Des Bryant to come back in the league. You know, he's one of those guys that, that has fallen so far and was stubborn and, and maybe you want someone like that to see to see if they could self correct. And also keep their virtue and then come back, you know? I think Antonio Brown probably killed it for him. Yeah. You know, just like disgruntled wide receivers, you know, who are not 
able to see past their own like uh, what they're because at this level he's probably you know that slot receiver what you know he's got to do yeah. what Larry Fitzgerald did for the last seven years yep you know what I mean like is he really willing to do that Fitzgerald always have a job because of that yeah and so uh, he what he probably had the worst you know speed in the league as a wide receiver but he also was able to catch the ball when it was thrown to him you know Dez is here there his route running here there you know yeah yeah there comes. There comes a time, and I said it before and I'll say it again, where the world stops rewarding you for potential. Mm-hmm. You have this person that's going to be a problem. You have this guy, not as fast, but not as not as tall, not as, um, um, doesn't jump as high, but but but's putting, putting up numbers for you. Now you're in an AFC championship game. Now you're in a Super Bowl with a chance to win or lose. You know, and, and it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I mean... I don't wish anything bad on Antonio Brown. I, I want to see him on the field. Honestly, <laughs> I just I would just find him a I don't know a concubine or something, someone to keep him happy or whatever. Busy off the field and then on the field he just plays, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what they all do. <laughs> well, Tom Brady right got the supermodel wife. Sometimes as a good one, a good woman in your life can you know keep you busy enough, where you just like I ain't got time for nothing else except her and football. <laughs> hey, we got him. Ain't it true? We got him. We got him. Man, I got. I, I could speak for you, I, Rob. I could speak for you. You know enough. Yes, Rob McLean is not just a friend. He's not just my co-host. He is a brother from another mother, and I know his guys, girl. In fact, <laughs> conspicuous by her absence, she's our moderator. This is why we're doing so crappy uh, in that department, at least. <laughs> right. I think we're picking it up, though, right? Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, yo, I got you. Uh, Leon Rose is now the new president of New York Knicks. Is this a sign of change for the better? <laughs> There's only one person that's got to go. Did Miranda give you the circuit? Did I did I come up with this question? Did Miranda give us this question? It was me. Did I? Did, oh no! Someone did. She don't know too much about the Knicks no more. All right, let's just get through this, okay? James Dolan is the owner. What else is there? What else is there more to say? That's it, man. What else? Is there what else more is there to say? We could have had KD. KD came to us and said, "I'm ready," and we said, "We're not ready to give you a supermax." Mm-hmm. And he went across town to the Brooklyn Nets. I can't forever forgive that guy. No. Not only did we lose out on LeBron, sorry to take this. I'm just taking this from you. Not only did we lose out from LeBron, and then we courted him for a lot of money. I can't say how much because I may know how much. But I can't say how much. They courted him for a lot of money. And he just came through, took a day or two in the city, boom, right out to Miami. I'm staying in South Beach. Can't ever like LeBron, man. But KD came through, gave his due diligence, and then we said no. That means we were probably going to get Kyrie too. And then they just go right over to Brooklyn. Like, are you kidding me? That's I can't ever forgive that guy. Get him out. Get him out. Rob McLean. I think I'm ready now. Thank you for carrying me on this, but I think Just I'm had to bring I'm some gonna, history. No, but know. I'm gonna bring it back because the history is allowing me mm. to actually say something Mm-mm-mm. now. When the Knicks started falling, um, I've been with them since the '90s. They were the reason. Them and the Detroit Pistons were the reason the flagrant foul was invented. Okay, <laughs> right. um, Ewing, Starks. You know, I can. We can go on. Hubert Davis, Doc Rivers played with him for a little bit. People forget. Um, Greg Anthony from the guard position. From the point guard position all the way to the center, they were physical, and they, they had a skill set, and they could play basketball. 
And then the second era came along with Latrell Sprewell, um, where they came in as the eighth seed, beat the first top seed in Miami Heat, mm -hmm. beat the Atlanta um, Hawks, and then beat the second seeded Pacers to get to the finals without Patrick Ewing, no less, to subsequently lose to the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. David Robinson got his ring, so bittersweet for me. Happy he got his ring. Some At some point after that, between 2003, all the way up, I just thought the franchise was snake-bitten. I just thought they had bad luck. And then, and then I listened to Max Kellerman a couple of years ago say this. And Max Kellerman, I'm going to cite you as my source, so this isn't my own, but it was... The NCAA um, football national championship. Mm. I think it was Clemson and Alabama. The whole country, if not the whole world, was watching this. This falls on a Monday night. All right. The Knicks have a game at Madison Square Garden the same night. Rob, Madison Square Garden was sold out. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is when people who are watching the football uh, future and the, the, the fate of the, the national championship of the world be cited, uh, decided, with other options, these people chose to watch the Knicks. And that night, as you can imagine, what happened? I'll just I'll just bring you bring you up on it. Um, Derek Rose, who plays for the Knicks, was MIA, came up missing, didn't even didn't even come, didn't show. Carmelo Anthony got ejected from the game, and they got blown out of their own home field uh, um, by the Pelicans, no less. Okay, this is. So the Zionless Pelicans, at and that point. then from that point, I was like, "This isn't a jinx. This is this is this is a fix by an owner that would not piss on his players if they caught if they caught fire. This man must go." I thought they were jinx. I heard Stephen A. Smith, and I'm citing both hosts now, say he doesn't even go to the White Castle anymore because he thought the Knicks might contaminate the meat. <laughs> there was a White Castle next to Madison Square Garden. He don't go there anymore. Um, we're taking a long time. I'm glad you did your, your due diligence and mm -hmm. asked this question, but I thought I would go on this little pity party, and then I'll finish with this. And, I'll, and I'm co-signing with you, and we could have said this from the beginning for all of you listening. As long as James Dolan is the owner, the Knicks will not enjoy prosperity. It's not possible. He's just, he's a, he's a cancer. He's a cancer. Uh, yeah. Oakley gets thrown out. This man is so bad. Uh, if you remember the first episode, I showed you my Nets hat. Right? I bought yeah, a hat, just yeah. came in, delivered to the West Coast special just for me. Thank never you, Bernard Knicks. Norman. Thank you, Lids. Lids.com. All right. It's going to be All never right. Knicks now. Yeah. Never mm. Knicks. All right. So let's do, um, I'm going to take us through our last segment. This is called True and False. For everybody listening, let's have a good time. True and false, NFL, Jerry Jones deserves the blame for the Cowboys' failures. True. Not even close. True. True. I say false. True. As a general manager and an owner, he's recruited all the right people. But, but um, yeah, found a coach that was a yes man. What kind of offensive line does he have? Come on, man. He had. He had. He had. Yeah. He had. Where is Zach? Like... Zach Martin's like the only person there that's even doing something. If you're looking at the last no year, center, if you're looking no at the right last tackle. year, I say true. Yeah, but then his left tackle, we don't even know when Tyron Smith's going to be really 100% again. And that was the really the real linchpin of that the offensive line. I'm just saying, like, they we did. 
They did have great drafting two years, but... We're going to wrap things up high right now, but this, <laughs> you know what? This is a debate show. I'm going to say false. True. If we're talking last year, I say true. If we're saying last five years, um, rookie quarterback, 12-4, uh, and 13-3 record, and then uh, um, two division titles in five years. Um, yeah, he's recruiting the right people. I just I just think, unlike the, the Knicks, I think I think they have a black cat running around there. You know, I think he recruited all the right people. Um, he was the last to hold out on when Dak you know, was taking over as quarterback. I mean, Romo was like his, I don't know, like his long-lost son. But it's not only, you know, that's that's player-driven, but mm-hmm. it's not just player-driven. It's environment, you know, mm-hmm. how he gets involved in the media, yeah. how he talks about on a daily basis what's going on inside the locker room. Yeah. That's that's a part of what he's a part of, what, why he deserves the, the um, blame for the failure. I, I mean, maybe I'll go towards you in the sense that if they were succeeding, is he the one that's, that's – if he gets credited – does he get credited but with his success? Absolutely. Then then he gets the blame. Got it. But but also, if they crack uh-huh. in the playoffs, mm-hmm. is it going to be because the team cracked or is it going to be because the president gave him – they kept putting on the pressure? Because you know if it's successful, he's going to be on air more. Everything about what you're saying rings totally true. Uh, if, we're, if we're basing it on this year, we've even seen Jason Garrett go mm. for it on fourth and one because mm. of what he said in the media the week because of what Jones said in the media the week before. Is it true? But yeah. like any eight and eighteen, like if they're like nine and seven, you'll never see, never see Jerry Jones. You All right. Know? Ten and six, never see Jerry Jones. You're eleven and three, you're gonna see Jerry Jones. Do you know what I mean? It's just like if you're winning, really, you're doing a great season. You're gonna be top two seeds. You're gonna be Jerry. Jerry Jones is gonna hear. Yeah, he's, he's gonna tell you something good. Happy dude. True or false? Um, uh, let's let's skip one and go back uh, back to the Cowboys, and mm-hmm. we'll finish. With yeah, them. true, true. True or false? Dak Prescott should take the thirty-three million dollar contract offer from the Cowboys. Thirty-three million a year, like the franchise tag. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes, true. Take true. that. Take that. True. They spent Take a lot that. of money on Zeke when they shouldn't have, and mm-hmm. now and now they have some making up to do. And this is when Zach should, Dak should have to say, I don't care, okay? In the perfect world, maybe he gets the same sponsors Brady does, and maybe he has he's married to a supermodel wife where he don't have to take, you know, max deals where, where he could take that discount. And I mean, the only reason I even credit Brady on that is because he had the luxury of not, not, not having to. It doesn't affect his brand. Mm-hmm. Like between him and his wife, they can retire their next five generations yeah. just on endorsements. And, and this and that so pay this man his money if this you know what pisses me off oh Rob oh if this were Tony Romo would, would they would there even be a discussion about his money no but that's if, because he's if buddy you think, buddy if anyone that thinks race has but, something to do with this oh my god and that's not but that's because they got buddy buddy and if that is because of race you know because you know maybe Dak Prescott doesn't play uh, you know golf and Maybe, you know, Dak Prescott doesn't like, you know, the same, you know, he's not a gun guy or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm. there, there's some things, there's a reason why Jerry Jones went to Tony Romo and created that friendship as well. Yep. You know what I mean? Because he sees a certain type of a person. So we want to talk about race in that way, yeah. But I just think that Jerry Jones really was so buddy-buddy with him when he was a backup quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it was like they're just waiting for him to be the quarterback. And then he became a quarterback, got hurt every year, and then that was it. Yeah. So I can't. Yeah. Listen, I don't have a problem with the Cowboys as much as I just as said I, they should build through the draft. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. And you know, the wide receivers through the draft. Yeah, and you got get, a bunch of good Al ones Mari coming out. out That's you what I'm saying. You got a bunch of good ones coming out. You There's can a... waste your first round pick on this Claypool guy. He can be your number one, maybe in a year or two, one and two. you can get some mid range wide receiver and just build that core and make Dak earn his 33 if he earns his 33 million for the year then make a contract maybe like if it's I, short term to work like around I, you know yeah. the, uh, what's his name's contract but um and like i yeah, said man. like i said rob this is the time period of the of the big tight end mm-hmm. the mobile tight ends who can catch man dallas already has one get claypool man you got two that two tight end set that's given the patriots a lot of success you know um yeah for but for me I don't have a problem with the Cowboys players as much as I have a problem with their annoying fan base. But as a Buffalo Bills fan, I would want Dak Prescott to be my quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm falling in love with jo- uh, with with, um, with Allen because, you know, he, he looks like he's running for his life. But no, he's actually, those are design plays now. And he's like one of these mobile quarterbacks too. Yeah. Um, and head-to-head, right? Head-to-head, Dallas was the more talented team on Thanksgiving Day and Buffalo won, so maybe I should just be happy with what I got, but but all things considered, the other New York teams would love to have Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott over Sam Darnold and, and Daniel Jones for the Giants. Yeah. Come on. Alright, cool, man. Let's shut the door on that. Let's stay with the NFL for a minute. Um, Odell Beckham will play all 16 games for the Browns this season. True or false? Uh, false. I think he's going to get traded. Yeah. <laughs> I just think his contract, and then on top of that, the, uh, the 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 people they have there. It's just you you have to have with that kind of a attitude or that kind of a personality. You have to um, you have to have a really stable place. Like Patriots, great. You know, Falcons will be great. You know, something that's just really uh, that that's really uh, stable. Right. You know what I mean? Stern. Uh, no. But no, I, I don't think he's going to play all sixteen for the Cowboys for the uh, Browns. Yeah. So the question, if if, if he's not, um, if that was the actual question, I say true. Hmm. He's not. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make it to Game Sixteen. I think he, I think he remains incredibly healthy, and I don't think he's going to get hurt. But I think he's going to get traded. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, true or false? LeBron can run for president and win. LeBron <laughs> James. Uh, false. If we're talking about this year coming up, um, in the future. I don't see why not. I just think you'd have to put in a lot of public face because he's a different type of a public face right now. Yeah. You know, so. I got to go with True. I, um, I mean, the guy is squeaky clean. Um, the guy that came out of high school got got offered a whole um, uh, this ridiculous amount of money at such a young age. And, we, and you know how young people can go, you know, like spending more than they make and all that stuff married his high school sweetheart no you know no controversies leans uh, leans a little bit left i think he endorsed hillary or whatever um but he's one of these guys that seems extremely extremely fair his um philanthropy is uh well documented in the nba um absolutely um i I think he's in regards to being the greatest of all time it's jordan but being the goat as far as a player and an ambassador for the nba and could be a great ambassador for the united states if not the world lebron james very fair-minded um, and I gotta go with true, but I lean a little more towards you if we're talking about 2020. Yeah, no, not uh, this. No, no. No. no, the only way he could run, he would have to run with a no party preference because right. there's a timeline to register as an independent or a Democrat or whatever. Right. So there's, in, in there's the a future. timeline to actually get balloted. So there's two ways to get to become president, Rob, um, to be balloted in all 50 states and win a debate. I think if that guy can, if, if, I think. Like Jesse Ventura once said, if LeBron can debate him, he could beat him. 
you know, and that's why I think he became president. It's as simple as that. People think debates. My wife thinks debates don't have a, a, a large thing to do with it, but trust me, there there are people that are more more worthy candidates well, who are not allowed now, in the debates. You know, like when before you know Kennedy and Nixon, you know, that was like the first. That's like a gentleman's debate. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the first like TV debate, and you could just tell who would who you'd want in office by the way they acted, you know, in the debate. That's really the the, the, the deal, you know. Right. I agree. So all right, so moving along. Uh Major League Baseball. Pitchers will keep hitting at the Astros players. I hope so. <laughs> true or false. The way they I mean, yeah. True. Just just the way they, they keep on you know, lying basically, but just uh just in people's faces, you know, about how they 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 feel like they're being the ones targeted. It's like you're being targeted for a freaking reason. You guys cheated, and you can't just say I'm sorry and just take that for a month, and just take my bad. I'm sorry, we did it. Our bad. You know, we're still not even gonna give them back. I wouldn't even be against that. You know, I still want them to take away that trophy. That, that's insane because it's baseball. That's why I don't. That's why I think this commissioner's got to go because they don't understand about baseball being the main product. Not about how the players feel, not about how the owners feel. It's about baseball and the integrity of the sport. When you mess with the integrity of the sport, everything has to be deleted from that area. That's what happened with the sluggers, you know, with the steroids, with the 18, 1918 Black Sox. Like, it was a Pete Rose. It was erased and you forgot about it. We will not forget about the Astros because of the commissioner's lack of action on the scene very well said but in terms in terms of the question of true or false rob i gotta go with false and i'll tell you why rob mclean chael sonnen you have former ufc and bellator commentator um and um, espn analyst once said if you get busted for performance enhancing drugs or if you get busted cheating the two best things you can do is go into hiding don't comment on it. Go in your room, plug yourself into video games, let it blow over. The second thing you could do is get up on that podium. Next day, come clean. You got me. I'm sorry. Why did you use performance enhancing drugs? To enhance my performance. Do you think I'm going to take something that's going to diminish my performance? Those, And I believe that. And that, that, that does not just apply to MMA. What pisses people off. And you're pissed right now. Mm-hmm. I could see it in your eyes. I've seen you pissed before, dude. You're, the thing that pisses people off is the arrogance. The thing that pisses people off is making rationalizations uh, uh, that makes it excusable where like if you did it again, you could come up with the same thing and everybody buys it. What pisses people off is they don't get up there and say, I'm sorry. What pisses people off is that their arrogance makes them come after you for their wrongdoing. Comes after you for their wrongdoing. Come after mm-hmm. media members. Try to, you know, uh, you know, uh, like I say, maybe black, you know what I'm saying, blacklist this guy. He can't do his job now. Lance Armstrong went after the media. Right. Almost went after people's jobs. Right. Only to go up on Oprah to be like, you know what, I'm, uh, years later to go, I'm sorry. Now I'm a forgiving dude, but I there's a lot of people like, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Is it, I mean, what? Lance Armstrong, I was the one Sorry is in the dictionary between Esh and, and syphilis. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, but I'm using these other sports as a comparative because for people that don't watch baseball and don't follow baseball, they echo my sentiments. And for the people that do follow baseball, just, just as a sports fan or, or sports or sports commentators or pundits, just come clean. 
Mm-hmm. And now, the, I say false because the league has done nothing to, um, to um, succumb to the will of the fans and the, and the general public on this. They are protecting the players. So you know what happened? You know what's going to happen? People are gonna they're gonna serve longer suspensions and they're gonna get fined more, um, and they're gonna they're gonna go they're out gonna of their way. And they're gonna have lawsuits on their hands. And they're gonna go out of their way to protect the players. Yeah, and they're gonna have lawsuits on their yeah. hands. Right because right now the penalties aren't whatever. If you get suspended, if a pitcher gets suspended, guess what? But the fact that please go ahead. Unless they're saying that I'm going to intentionally hit them, this is gonna be the problem from the beginning of the season. You can't levy a suspension any more than you're supposed to, and then. Uh, if you do, then you should. They're gonna sue because you can't take somebody's money away from them for an honest mistake. Okay. So, Altuve, a guy who plays right on the plate. So does George Springer. So does freaking Correa. They all play on the plate to try to take away that inside fastball and to be able to hit the outside fastball better, or the breaking pitch better. It's a part of the game. So Agreed. you got to be able to allow people to brush them back, you know, pitch inside, not to hit them, but hey, you know, that's that's part them, of the game. Yeah, you got to get them from not crowding that's the, the part plate. Of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's the part of the game. You know, don't crowd the plate. But again, do you think they're going to be a player that's like, oh, you know what, I'll back off the plate a little bit. Or are they going to be the player that's, I mean, look how they're responding to something like, you know, them doing wrong. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm wrong? No, no, no. I'm going to keep doing me because it's gotten me somewhere. That's, that's their mentality. And you right. just have to see it for that. And I just think that, there's a lot more that has to be done for them to take things away than it is to just say, you know what, yeah. it, everything happened, it is what it is, we're just going to keep it as it is. That's lazy. And, that's um, lazy. And that's what I was getting to in a sense that, um, like, if you look at so a pitcher gets suspended, it's, it's five games, which is, is nice if you're a player. At the five game suspension, you, you know, you're losing your money, that's one thing. But if you're a pitcher and you're not going to pitch in five days anyway. No, usually it's a five, like it's, four or five games so they're not going to pitch for 25 games in a yeah sense, well they, that's where they worse. change it to because you remember when a-rod was getting hit when he came back mm-hmm. the boston red sox pitcher that he got suspended for five games and his next start he was there so but they did well for a-rod because he's a position yeah. player right yeah no the pitcher that threw the to pitcher him. Oh. the pitcher that threw to him and he was five well, days that's cool next rotation. yeah i wasn't gonna be i wasn't gonna pitch in five days anyway so um so. no but my point is and you agree and i think you agree with me on this they have to the fines and the suspensions have to be more you start hurting people's pocketbook um and instead of protecting the play um to to protect the players which i think you have to to some extent which is why i said false no i just they're, they're they were one of the most hit teams before any of this happened yeah wow okay Yep. So like top two, top three in the league, and, and hit and batters hit. No doubt. So, dude, we're we're almost running over, but let's finish with this last true yeah, or false yeah, question. Yeah. A true or false, Rob McLean. Kevin Durant will play in the Olympic Games in two thousand twenty. Uh, no, I, I false. Uh, Kevin Durant needs to play more than a full season on in in the NBA where he actually makes his money than to try and do that would be a double season then because you know what i mean he'd be heading from nba or working towards the nba to go to the olympic games then to go back to the season like yeah. it's gonna be a lot a lot of work on him before he actually gets full it's just not gonna yeah. happen i'd like to explore this more in the next episode but for now i'm gonna go false with you on this one i think mm-hmm. um as much i think uh not because he doesn't want to he wants to the only reason why it's even a story is because he wants to yeah. um and we could i can get into this whole thing about like 
you know, when we weren't sending our best, we were getting beaten. They're like, oh, why don't we send our best? And now we're sending our best. Oh, these people get paid to play in the NBA. Why? So, so there's a, there's an overwhelming contradiction that comes with commentary, commentary and punditry on this one, yeah. uh, which I just want to think about a little more. But for right now, since if if I'm asked true or false, gotta go with you. Gotta go false. Mm. Yeah. Hey, um, guys. Um, for everybody watching at home and everybody um, watching on Facebook Live right now and Insta Live and we'll be watching a future production on this. I want to thank you guys for joining us. This is episode six. We are just banging it out. Thank you for the people viewing. We had 11,000 views on Facebook on my on my Varsity Sports handle on Facebook. And 11,000 views is pretty, it's pretty solid for Facebook. <laughs> Got to give you props on that one. So thank you very much for joining me. Um, for Rob McLean. And for Miranda, who's at home, who's not even here, um, let's let's do this. Let's let's do the closed intro. I'm Jason DeBase. Let me do the um, the close the close thing first. And thank you for joining me. Uh, we're out of here. So long. Okay. And this. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're gonna love what you hear.